listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. go into the Word of God, because we believe that the Word of God is going to leave you completely changed, completely transformed and revolutionized today. In the name of Jesus, right now, we thank you for your Word that's truth and life. And God, we pray for our hearts right now that you would touch us, God, that you would quicken each and every one of us. God, that you would, we would not leave here the same way in which we came in, but we would leave here changed, transformed and renewed. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Shout amen. amen. Come on, high five three people around you and say, come on, I love church. I love church. I love Church, 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 church. Welcome today as we conclude. I'm kind of sad to say that as we conclude our Christian Atheist series. I've absolutely loved this series. This is a sixth message that we have had. And I pray that you have been impacted, your life challenged and changed as a result. Looking at yourself and asking, am I a Christian or a Christian atheist? Because a Christian atheist is the person that says, I believe in God but yet I live as though He doesn't exist. Let me say that again. I believe in God. I love God. But yet I live as though He doesn't exist. And don't get upset with me because God said it. Look, Titus 1.16 from the NIV version, it says this, They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny Him. That type of person, the Christian atheist, the Bible says, is detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. I don't want to be unfit. I want to be used of God. I want to be a vessel that God can flow through, that God can use. And I don't want to just believe it. I want to live it, and I want to be it. And today I'm going to be preaching a message called, Having a Heart for His House. Come on, having a heart for His house. Church has to be one of my favorite subjects that I get to speak about. Having a heart for church, being involved, being in love with His house. I absolutely love it. I often joke about it because as a kid, growing up pastors, my dad led praise and worship. My mom ran the overhead projector. Anyone remember those days? The overhead. She was the overhead projector guru. Dad was on the platform. So I was kind of safe. I had my space, but I always would get in trouble because as a kid, I would cut up in church. We didn't have kids church. We didn't have nurseries. We were on the front rows and we were so bad. We would even pass notes across the aisle. That's how bad we were. But I know that many times church involved for me Sunday morning, Sunday night, a spanking afterwards and sometimes during church. Anyone know? Uh, and so when I heard my mum clear her voice or throat and go, <clears throat> I knew what that meant. Boy, I'm going to take 
you down. And really what it meant was this. She was trying to be holy, but really what she meant, if I could get my hands on you right now, it it would probably be the last breath that you would breathe because I'm I'm about to take you out. But thank God, God worked in her life. So by the time the end of the service came, she was a little bit more gracious. And I live for another day. But I joke about that because I still wonder, why do I love church so much? But the reason I love church so much is because I understand the necessity and the place it has to play and desires to play for each and every one of our lives. Church isn't just a building. I said church isn't just a building. It's a way of life for me. It's a way of life for my family. And it's a way of life for my future. And I'm passionate about his house. I'm not ashamed about his house. Because I love serving his house. I love giving my life to his house. Wholeheartedly, not just half-heartedly, but everything I have. But you know, I've discovered this, sadly, that many people don't see it that way. They don't see church. They don't have a passion for it. They don't have a love for God's house. They love God. They believe in God. They want to be in a relationship with God, but they're not in the house. That doesn't register with me. I, I can't grasp that and I can't get that because here's what I think. And I could be wrong. But my thinking is this. If I say I truly desire to love God, then I'm going to want to love what God loves. Is, is everyone following with me? And one thing we realize that God loves is His church. And God loves His church so much, He called it His bride. He called it his bride. Think about it. The church is the wife of God. It's that which he loves, wants to be involved with intimately, personally, connected with. And that's the love that he has for the church. And a lot of people today will look and say, oh, that's okay for them. But just church isn't for me. So I'm going to look at a few, for a few moments today, why church is not for me. I'm going to give you six reasons. And there are many more, unfortunately. But six reasons why people feel that church is not for them. Number one, they'll turn around and say, I don't have time for church. I don't have time for it. And let's be honest, as we look around us, years ago, Sundays meant something different. Years ago, Sunday meant everyone went to church. After church, you had a picnic in the church grounds. You went to Piccadilly. You went to Morrison's. Anyone? You all hung out together. You had that cafeteria meal and you sat down. And then the best thing about Sundays was the afternoon nap. You just kind of kicked back and you relaxed and you snoozed. If you snooze, you don't lose. Come on, on a Sunday. It was absolutely awesome. But times have changed. There's a shift in our culture. We now live in a 24-7 society. Sundays have become another weekday. Come on. Shops are open. Restaurants are open. Kids are involved in sporting events. It's just another work day. And for some, Sunday is the only day that they can sleep in. It's the only day they can do the chores and take care of things around their house. So with so much going on, what's happened is church has become less unless of a priority to people saying, I just don't have time for it. One thing I realize about time is this. I will make time for the things that I love and value. And we need to love His house so we can make time. And I've realized this. The time I give to God, He multiplies that time back to me. Second reason many, they they just don't want to go. (laughs) Plain and simply, never mind if I had time. I just don't want to go. 
The idea of church, period, they don't like. Or maybe they say, there's so many options. I can have church in my own bed. I can just go online. I can do this because if I have church at home, I don't have to deal with all the church people. A lot of people don't like church people. They call them a hypocrite. A hypocrite is someone who says one thing, but yet lives completely the opposite. It's amazing how many people allow church or hypocrites to keep them from church, but it's the only place that they have a problem with hypocrites being. Hypocrites are at the movies. I haven't stopped you going to the movies. Hypocrites are at the mall, Walmart. Even hypocrites are at Walmart. I hate to burst your bubble, but hypocrites are Walmart. It's amazing how people... I came across this picture, and I think it's pretty cool. There are hypocrites everywhere. Just say you don't want to go to church. Amen. You know, it's so true. Because think about it. People look to church expecting everyone to be perfect. The analogy could be this. It's like going to the gym and expecting everyone to be ripped like me. It's not going to happen, amen? Why is everyone not ripped in the gym? Because they are using the gym. Their goal is to look like that, but they've got to work towards it. Come on. In church, we're not perfect, but we're here because we're working towards it. We're we're working it out. We're solving it. We're in a process. The Bible speaks of us being in a process, and He's not finished with me yet. So again, be careful with that excuse. Some people don't like the message. For church, for a lot of people, oh, they just talk about money. That's all they talk about is just money. They just want your money. Church is all about what they don't believe in. We don't ever hear what we can live. It's all about the restrictions and not the freedoms. For many, the message just doesn't go with their lives. The fourth reason is they don't see how church can impact their lives. Sit down with a lot of people, they're successful. They say, I don't need church. I don't see the impact and change it can make. I'm already doing pretty well in my life because a lot of people believe the messages, and unfortunately, many messages are in many churches. They're irrelevant. They're not adding value to people's lives. They're not helping me to be the spouse I need to be. They're not helping me to be the parent, the child, the steward with my money, with my time, with my energies. So why bother with it? I'm better off without it. Too many people say that. I'm better off without it. The fifth reason is they want to come, but they hate to feel guilty. Hate to feel guilty. If I stay away from that church, I'm fine. Every time I go in there, I just feel so bad for the things that I'm doing. That's not necessarily guilt. That's called conviction. And what conviction is, guilt is something that we can be bound by, but conviction is our way of escape. That God is showing us, you don't have to stay that way. I'm putting my finger on that because I can change that and do that. But people will stay away because they don't want to change. And so they want to avoid that feeling of condemnation, not condemnation, conviction and guilt. And then there's the other extreme. Here's a reason why a lot of people don't come to church, because they're too super spiritual. Hey, hey, come on, I almost said hate people like that, dislike strongly people like that. Can't say hate in church, love everybody, but have a strong dislike for super spiritual people. I remember someone, his wife served in our church. She was one of the greatest servants that we had when we first started this church. And I would often say to her, why is your husband not coming? She said, that's a conversation you're going to have to have with him. He was a Christian, so I had a conversation with him one day. Why don't you come to church? Standing right outside those doors in that lobby there. And he told me these words. He says, the reason I don't come to this church is because I pray more than you. I read my Bible more than you, and I know more than you. 
So why would I bother to come and sit and listen to you try to teach me stuff that I know better than you? True conversation. But yet his wife was in my office for counsel because of the way he spoke to her and the way he treated her. What are are you saying right now? We've got to be careful because knowledge is different to wisdom. Some people say, oh, I I know it all. It doesn't matter how much you know if you're not putting it to work. If you can't talk to your wife right, then you're not knowing the truth because the Bible says truth revealed to your heart will change the way that you live. And so we've got to be careful. But no matter how much we know and how much we pray, we all need to be fed. And the Bible speaks of us being in the house together. And that type of, uh, you know, people like that, the, the Word of God pinpoints those people and the Word of God tells us they are too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. And that's not what God, God doesn't want us distant out of reach. God wants us in the trenches with people, surrounded by other people saying, I'm in the process too. And God is changing me. I slip up and mess up. But you know what? I pick myself up and I move on. So when we look at church, it could kind of make sense why non-Christians don't see the need and why they don't come. But now for Christians are doing the same thing. It really saddens me and it's something that I believe needs to be addressed in the church. I'll be the first one to throw both hands in the air and say, I need church. (laughs) I need to be in church. Church doesn't, church is not what saves me, but it helps keep me saved. It, it helps keep me straight and it helps direct in my life and keeping me where I need to be. And every one, if we're honest, of those arguments could be valid. Reasons. I, I don't have time. I, I don't see the need. The message. We can have valid reasons. And they, and they address some good points. But I feel most don't love church because they don't understand what church really is. They don't know real church. They don't know a life-giving church. They know a religion. Come on, they know a religion where they just come to come. But we're talking about a relationship with God. People don't understand church and they don't understand the place that they have in church. In other words, the role that there is for them to play. So where do I fit into church? What role do I have to play? We're going to go on a journey today because we gave you six excuses. We're going to give you six reasons why church is so powerful. I mean, seven reasons. We're going to give you one more reason for excuse. And I'm telling you, every excuse you have, I'll give you another reason. Because there are so many more reasons to be in his house than excuses for not to be in his house. Do I hear an amen? So the first reason we go to church is this. How can we have a heart for his house? Number one is this. We don't just go, we be. We don't just go to church, we be his church. Too many people look at church as a building. They look at it as bricks. They look at it as a steeple, a cross, Sunday school rooms. That's church. They look at it as a destination. They'll say something like this. We go to church. We go to church. That's what we do. We go to church. The problem with that thought is it generates a mindset which is a consumer mindset. I'm just going to church for what reason? Because I'm going to get something from church. I, I, I need church to meet my needs. Give me, give me, give me, give me. I want, want. Take, take, take. A consumer mindset which is just a part 
of what church wants to do in each and every one of our lives. And the part it wants to do is the secondary part. What do I mean by that? Here's the first thing that church wants to do. Luke 6, 38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will it be put into your bosom. Note, for with the same measure that you give, you use, you give out, it's going to be given back to you. In other words, the Bible says, if you want to get, you got to give. A lot of people come just to get, 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 gimme, 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 gimme. And God says, if you want to get, 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 you got to first give, 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 give. you got to give something. Don't just go. Be His church. Look for ways that you can serve and be engaged and give your life. Because here's what we believe church is. Are you ready? Church is actually God's chosen vehicle to meet people's true Needs. Let me say that again. Church is actually God's chosen vehicle to meet people's true needs. Leave that up there. And how does Jesus do that? By the parentheses. God uses what? Other human beings. Come on, to what? Meet the needs of others. Church is God's vehicle, but He uses you and I, human beings, together. And what's the greatest part of being used by God as He uses us? He blesses us. Come on. My needs get met too. My home gets changed. My life is transformed as I what? Reach and touch other people. First commandment Jesus gave his disciples was love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul and all your strength. And he said, and love your neighbor as yourself. Do you realize church lets you do both of those things? You can come and love God and you can serve and love other people. You are fulfilling the commandment of God by not just going to church, but by saying, I want to be his church. How awesome could church really be if we would give our life to it? Not just to go, but to say, here I am. I want to be a part. I want to serve. I want to create the atmosphere. I want to watch a kid in the nursery. I want to drive a bus because I want to allow a parent to experience the presence of God without their kid's distraction. I want to pick someone up from the side of the street and bring them to church so they can experience God. That's true church. Not just going, but being. Amen? Here's the second thought about church. Are you ready? Having a heart for the house, you'll realize this, that church needs you. Oh, I just need church. No, church needs you. We need you. We we want you. That's a new thought for many people. 1 Corinthians 12 and 12, and this whole passage, Paul talks about the body and the members and the parts. But verse 12 tells us, for the body is one, but yet it has many members. Come on, I've got one body, but I've got... Ten fingers, I've got ten toes. Come on, two eyes, two ears, and we can go on. It's one body, but many members. But all the members of that body, being many, are one body. So also in Christ is each and every one of us. And Paul goes on to talk about all the different functions of every one of the members. In the same body, but how they all have a part to play. You and I are called to be his hands, his feet, his ears, and his eyes. And the Bible also challenges every one of us to have equal concern for 
each other. What do I mean by that? Hey, stub your toe and see how much of your body is impacted by that. Come on, we're in this together. So with that thought and mindset, Paul goes on again to bring this thought in Romans. And beginning in verse 4 through 8, we're not going to read it all for the sake of time. But for verse 4, he said, For we all have many members in one body, but all members do not have the same function. He's reminding us again. When's the last time you walked on your ears? When's the last time you listened with your foot? Come on now, let's, I know that sounds strange, but we've got a part to play and together. So here's my challenge for you, are you ready? If I'm not using my gift in the church, if I'm not being the member that I need to be, playing my part, and if I do not do what God made me to do, the whole body suffers. The whole body suffers. That's why we've got a next steps class that we teach every Sunday. We're not going to run it next week for Easter because we know people are going to be here with their families. But every Sunday we run a next step program. It's a three week course that we want to help you to find and fulfill your purpose in Christ, how you can serve, how you can be a part of, what are we, our DNA, who we are as a church, so you can lock in your life and give your life. Why? Because we want to see you plugged in. We want to see you help fill the need because church needs you. Church needs you. Ephesians 3.20, one of my favorite verses, New Living Translation says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us, within you, to accomplish infinitely more than we could even ask or think. God's power wants to accomplish something great through you. As you're here and you're playing your part and you're engaged and you're involved, God wants you to, to, to use you. And the Message Bible says to bring things beyond your wildest dreams. I want to see wildest dreams fulfilled in this house. As God does that through you, through you, the God we serve is able to do, he says. And together we can make his name great. And that's what it should be. His name should be great. Instead of always coming to church and seeing a problem, why not throw your hands in the air and say, I want to become part of the solution. Come on, church needs me. Come on, oh, there's a problem over there. I can't believe no one held the door open for me. Well, maybe you needed to hold the door open for someone else. Instead of seeing a problem, say, hold on a second, there's a part. I can serve. Be here tonight, heart for the house. If you don't like it, you get a free meal and an ice cream anyway. (laughs) You can't get wrong with that. Be here tonight and say, I want to serve. I want my family. Kelly and I's family, a lot of our kids are not in service right now because they're serving somewhere. Actually, they're nearly all in service this service because they're serving next service. But one of our kids, we teach our kids worship and serve. They're in church one service and they're serving somewhere in the house because we believe in the importance of that and we want to see that. Come on, church is a family. Oh, I love that. Come on, let's say that again. Church is a family. Turn to someone and say, man, you're my brother. You're my sister, man. I love you. You're you're absolutely incredible. You're part of the family. What up, bro? You owe me lunch. Come on, give me your family. You're taking me out for lunch today. I like that dress. I want to wear that. Not me. I'm talking about ladies talking right there. We see a great picture of this in the purest sense if we would look in Acts. In Acts chapter 2, we see the church. We see the beginning of the church. And what God wanted to do, in verse 42, it says this, All the believers, those who came to God, 
They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals. And it goes on to say, and to prayer. Come on, they didn't just add the gospel to their life. It wasn't just one of many things. It became the center of their lives. It became the center. I wish I had a wheel here today because a wheel will spin. Why? Because the center has to be perfect. If that center's off just a little bit, come on, we're going to start having a bumpy road. But when Christ is the center, when his church is the center of our lives, come on, we're going to spin not out of control, but we're going to spin perfectly and everything's going to flow well in our lives. Come on, they were a family. They were a family. And here's what their family did in Acts and what we need to do. Come on. They were a family who first devoted themselves to God. Then they devoted themselves to God's word. Then they devoted themselves to God's people. And then they became a part of God's mission. Do you see how that happened? First to God and then to his word, then to others and then to his church. To fulfill the call of God. And then verse 43 goes on to say, And a deep sense of awe came over every one of them. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Imagine that happening today. If we would just give our lives, realize that's my family. We would just give our lives to it. The, The miraculous things that God could do in and through each and every one of us. Come on, the local church became so filled with God that everyone noticed the difference. We talked about crossroads today. Did you know that there are judges in this city? In courts that are called drug courts that are now assigning their clients or people and saying now part of your solution is this. You now have to report every Friday night to Crossroads at Heartsease Family Life Church. Isn't that incredible? That judges are recognizing the fact that where they're putting people ain't working anymore. But I'm going to send them where there's results. Why? Because everyone needs to be a part of a family. Everyone needs to realize that there's someone out there to love. I'm telling you right now, and now I'm about to preach. Are you ready? Our hope ain't in the White House. Our hope is in God's house. Come on, our future's in God's house. And that's where we need to be. And keep reading from Acts chapter 4, a couple of chapters over, verse 34 and 35. It says, nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of land houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold. They laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each other as needed. Relax, we're not asking you to sell your home. We're not asking you to sell your car. But what an incredible picture that someone said, if there's a need, I can take something God's blessed me with and I can be that family to them and I can help meet their need. My God, that's church in its truest sense. A family where you can be. And what a picture of extreme sacrifices as they became a genuine family in true practical ways. I'm tired of people saying, oh, I love you. I want to see the love of Jesus. Amen. I want to know the love of Jesus. Oh, I'll take you out for lunch. How many times do we say that and don't even mean that? Come on, families. Every need in the church was met by the people in the church. That's what we need to see. That everything we need can be found in His house. We are stronger together. You're with me today. Number four. 
So not only is it a family, number four, it's a place to belong. It's a place to call home. We're so strict on that. And, and if you weren't greeted like this today, then let me know because I'm going to slap the people. No, I plan. Uh, you know, we're really strict. on. We want everyone who comes in this place to hear the words, welcome home. We want people to know that they are home. We want people to know because everyone needs a place to call home. We have a family, but now we've got what? A home. Come on, we've got a family. We can come home and we've got a family that's waiting for us. Amen. Romans 12, 5 again says, So we being being many are one body in Christ and individual members of, look, each other. We're individual members of each other. We're a family. This is home. And therefore, the picture that he's presenting here is we're incomplete without each other. Come on, people are longing today for a place to belong. That's why a lot of people are signing up to go to the gym. They don't want to get in shape. They just want a family. They they just want a community. They just want someone to be a part of. Kids are signing up for gangs today. Why? Because they want a home. They want want parents. They want people around them because they don't have that. So they're trying to find it in everything else. They're looking everywhere else apart from the right place. The church of God is the home that every person needs. Come on, without you, without me, we need each other. Church is incomplete. Come on, number five, church is a place where we can connect with others. I love that. Connecting with other people, building friendships, relationships also speaks, I think, of having accountability in your life. Accountability is so powerful. Just to have someone that's going to challenge you and say, hold on a second, you don't need to be doing stuff like that. I surround myself purposely with people who will challenge me every day on who I am. I don't want to surround myself with people say, you're doing a good job, but then behind my back, they're saying, you stink. I I give all my leaders the opportunity, the open door to challenge me of things and areas. My wife too, she knows that. That Anytime, if there's anywhere, come on, you can challenge me, you can talk to me. Why? Because I want to have accountability in my life. As a pastor, I want you to know I have pastors over me. There's people I talk to and people I hang out with. Why? Because I'm not the end. Come on, it goes higher than me. It goes higher than me. I need people around me too. And why do you need people around? Because you're going to hit some speed bumps in life. You're going to find some potholes in life. Amen? And instead of walking away when you fall and stumble, when you've got people around you, they'll come around you and say, come on, you ain't going to quit. We're not going to let you quit. You're going to get up. They're going to drive you crazy on the phone. They're going to text you. They're going to call you. They're going to be on your door knocking. Why? Because you're not doing this alone. We're in this together. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: As iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friends. And you know what? I like to lad. Iron will sharpen iron, but lead will take you to the bottom. Make sure you're around someone who's sharpening your life, not dulling your life. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, which is church, as the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. I love the words it uses there, encourage one another, stir each other up. I believe it's the message Bible that says spur each other on. Come on, when you want a horse to move, you put that spur in. Come on, sometimes you need a little spur in your side and say, come on, get up what you think you're doing. You know better than that. Come on now. 
We need that. For what reason? We're building each other. We're not tearing each other down. We have a heart for his house and that house belongs a family and a home where we can all be together. Number six is the place where I can believe. Oh, I love this about church. Because what that means is it's a place where I can grow. It's a place where I can learn. And it's a place where I can develop spiritually. I love church because I can learn how to be a father from other fathers in the church. I love church because I can learn how to do business and manage my finances because I can find someone in the house that's doing a good job at that. I can find someone who's got a model marriage that I can sit down. I'm telling you right now, you need to sit down with mum and dad if you want to know about marriage. 48 years of marriage and they are loving each other like never before. I'm telling you, it's proven it works. You don't get that anywhere else. You go for marriage counseling for someone who's on their fifth wife or husband and they still haven't figured it all out. Amen. Come on, most of the people we go to counsel for are more screwed up than us. But the only thing is the difference is we're giving them money. Amen. They should be paying us for the problems. Church is a place where believe, Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Oh, I can just stay at home and be his church. No, faith comes by hearing. There's something about being under the preaching of the word of God. Something about being undistracted and coming into his house. And hearing the word because it's going to change your life. And then it sets us on stead because James 1 verse 22 warns us that we're not just to be doers of the word. Or we are to be doers of the word, not hearers only. Because if we're just hearing it and not doing it, we're deceiving ourselves. Come on, we've got to put it into action. My life needs to grow. As I hear these things, I need to put them to action. That's where growth comes in my life. That's why teachers test you. Because they need to know what you've been taught. You've got to put it to action on the test. If you're not putting it to action, you can just sit there and nod all day long when they're doing the equation on the board. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Isn't it easy to sit there and nod while the teacher's doing the equation? Oh, yeah, 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 that's right, yeah, yeah. And then they say, well, you come up and do it. You're like, ah. Why? Because we've got to know it. Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, God says, I am there. Don't ever take that lightly that God is here. I know God is everywhere, but God is here. God is here in a special way, I really believe. Because when God shows up, he reaches out to us in ways that we cannot anticipate. Being in church allows us to experience God's presence in a unique way. Come on, we know that. Because God uses church. What does God use church to do? God uses church to minister to you, to draw you, to grow you, to change you, to equip you. And then guess what? The circle continues because he does all that in you so you can help produce that in other people and create the atmosphere for other people. And last but not least, are you still with me today? Church is a place where everyone is welcome. Church is a place where everyone is welcome. It's a hospital for the bloody and for the wounded. Sad that so many people are turned away from church because get your problems taken care of, dress a certain way, and then you can come. No, church is a place where everyone is welcome. So many people don't come to church today because they look at their lives, the broken mess that they are, the failure, the mistake, and they look at themselves and say, how could God ever desire to use someone like me? You would be horrified today, and please, I I hate almost to say this because I realize someone may not be able to handle this, but stay with me. I'm horrified by how many people have come in my office 
and be told because of the problems they had in their homes and because of things that they were going through that pastors and leaders sent them a letter or made a phone call and told them, don't bother coming back to our church. Don't hate church over that. Come on, if church is not changing you, you just change your church and you find one. You're in a safe place here. Safe place. Someone just came and told me they were having some struggles in a marriage relationship. Their husband was having an affair. They went for counseling because they were trying to work on the marriage. And the pastor said to them, until that's sorted out, don't even bother coming to our church. My God, that's where we need to be in church to get the answers. Everyone is welcome here. We're not going to judge you. We're not going to condemn you. But we're going to teach you the truth. I promise you that. It's a safe environment for you to come in. And the truth is this. Are you ready? No, how how broken and messed up and screwed up you are, it doesn't matter because the truth is this. You are the reason he came. The religious leaders came around Jesus and he pushed them aside. He said, hold on a second. I didn't come for you. It's the sick that need the doctor. It's the sick. It's those who are broken that need life. Come on, I have come that they may have life and life more abundantly. And there are so many examples of this in the Bible. One I just want to bring out today just to give every one of you hope. Acts 4 verse 13. It says, When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. The religious leaders, those who were educated, those who had all the G, whatever, all the doctorates and all the letters after their names, the degrees, they marveled and realized the only answer is they've been with Jesus. Being with Jesus. One translation says they looked and saw ordinary men. That word from the Greek is idiotis, which means unskilled and untrained. And I wonder what English word we'll get from that. They were a bunch of idiots. The world looked at them and said, you're just a bunch of idiots. How can this be? But I'm telling you, an idiot in the presence of God changes everything. Come on, it changes everything. Being with Jesus. I don't care who you are, your education, your status in life, whether you've got a job or not, that doesn't matter. All that matters is you get in the presence of Jesus because Jesus changes everything. Look at those that Jesus called. Jesus called tax collectors. Jesus called dumb fishermen. No disrespect if you like to fish, but they were untrained in those days. Jesus even called people who were dangerous, dangerous revolutionists that were in a sect that were trying to overthrow powers of that day. Jesus didn't go to the temples and call the rabbis, the priests and the scholars. When Jesus chose his closest friends, he surrounded himself with the lonely the broken, and the overlooked. I pray today that sounds like Heartsease Family Life Church. Because that's something Kelly and I are so proud of, if it is. Because everyone is welcome here. I need to bring this to a close today. I think we fail to see so often the importance and the necessity of church. Because we don't truly understand of what real church really is. Come on, we see organized religion. And it's not working. But God didn't come to give organized religion. God designed a relationship. He wants to have a relationship with Him. But then there's even more. It's not just knowing real church. It's understanding that we're called to be His church. That we can give our lives. I don't want to just go to church. I want to be His church. Church needs me. And I'm so thankful because Matthew 16, 18 tells me that God says, I'll build my church. 
and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I want to build my finances in the house. How do I do that? I pay my tithes. Come on. I, I want to build my kids in church. How do I do that? I have them in church for youth. I have them here for kids' church. I have them here on Sunday. And the reason they're here on Wednesdays and Sundays is because I'm here. I build into something that promises great return. Because that word we just read there has proven true over 20 centuries now. And, and, and guess what? And it still stood even through the greatest persecutions and it stood stronger. Why? Because when God says, I'm going to build something, God will build it. And he said, I'll build my church. And here's the picture of church that you and I need to see. This is what needs to be engraved into our life. Because Heart Sees Family Life Church, real church, loves radically serves sacrificially and gives extravagantly. Come on, I want to be a church that loves radically, that serves sacrificially and that gives extravagantly. Today is our heart for the house day and we're going to receive a miracle offering in a few moments. This offering is something that we've been pushing for the last six weeks. This is above and beyond our regular tithes and offerings. And one of the reasons we've been asking for this special offering is we want to be that true church that God wants us to be. We want to create the atmosphere. We want our lobby area to be the nicest lobby area. Why, why, why can people walk into a hotel and go, wow, this is fantastic, and they come into a church and it's just shabby? Why, why can't we have the best in his house? I said, why can't we have the best in his house? We don't have to be extravagant and wasteful, but we can still have the best in his house. Because I believe the best is worthy of the best. And he is the best. And we've been asking you now to partner with us. And we want to take that partnership to the next level because we don't want people just to say, I'm here, pastor. I'm here, whatever do you need. But we want everyone to put those words into action. There was an envelope that was given to you when you came in today, Heart for the House. If you weren't given one and you want one, please put your hand up. We've got some people right now that are going to come and give those to you. If you, if you need a pen for that, we're going to take care of that too. And while they're passing out those envelopes, can I stress this point? No one is forced to give here. If you are a visitor, please feel free to give, but you are not forced to give. We're not asking of you unless you say, I want to be a part of this. Because we never force people. It's not a requirement to be in this church. Oh, I can't go because I didn't give an offer. No, no. Everyone is welcome here. But we really just believe that this is a free will offering. A free will offering that you've been praying, what can I give? And I pray that as you come and have come to this church, you know this is fertile ground. Why? Because your life has been changed. Your kids have changed. We've got the opportunity to take on about 4,000 more square foot to build a custom-made youth facility. You know what things like that cost to get chairs and lights and sound equipment? And let me ask you this. Do you want us to go to the dollar store and buy equipment like that for the kids who are coming in off the streets? Or do you want them to come in and go, wow, if this is what God's about, I want to be a part of that. Do you see the picture? We want our kids to be in the nursery having the best toys in kids' church with projectors and just everything technology that they need. Why? It's not because we're trying to compete with the world, but the world is out there and the world is giving its best. And I believe it's time that we have the best. And maybe you can't give it all today, and that's fine. That's fine. Because if you can't give it all today, we've made allowance for that. Because on the envelopes that we've given to you, and if you don't have one, you can use a regular offering. 
but under the other just put heart for the house, H for H. But here's what we're asking today. If you could put the amount that you are able to give today. And you may say, well, I want to give more. If you want to pledge another amount, put that under and then write the total of what you can give today and what you can pledge. Let me give you an example. If you say, I want to give $200 to the heart for the house, but only have 100 today. Put on there, I've given 100 and I'm going to pledge another 100 and the total I want to give is 200. Are you with me? And what we're asking, if possible, that you can make that pledge and start chipping that down every month. And you can be faithful. And I'm telling you right now, we're not going to hound you. We're not going to come after you. We're not going to say you owe us money. Because the vow that we're making today, we want you to fulfill that. That's between you and God. That's between you and God. And we want you to be a part of that. If the band could come right now. God's church is his heart. God's church is his bride. God's church is the proven place where we can build our lives and families. God's church is a safe investment with a promise. God says, don't pass the buckets yet, please. God's church is a proven place where we can build our lives. I went to every one of our lead team. We had a meeting this week and I sat down, Kelly and I, and we asked every one of our lead team members if they would first give because we're going to present that total today to the church to let you know. Our lead team came up and our lead team, I'm proud to say, gave $10,754 to this church. $10,754 to this church. Why? Because we lead by example here. We're not asking you to do something. Come on, I want to be that church that loves radically, that serves sacrificially, and that gives extravagantly. Let's pray. Can we just pray right now? We'd like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.